0: Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Southern Gal Reads. Only, it's not Southern Gal Reads anymore, is it? If you follow me on Twitter or on Instagram, you probably already know that I had been heavily debating on ending the podcast. The last few months of 2021 was rough. Um, My mental health went into... A really sharp and sudden decline. I didn't read a single thing from September through the first of December and I just felt like all the things I had previously enjoyed were suddenly too heavy for me to manage. But after talking it out with some of my friends, I ultimately decided against deleting the podcast because I'm pretty damn proud of what I accomplished during that first year of the show. I did 26 episodes and had over 3,100 plays, which, in the grand scheme of things, ain't much, but it feels huge to me. I started Southern Gal Reads with no idea where the show was going or really what the hell I was doing. The show is literally born out of a manic episode, <laughs> and it might sound silly, but I decided to keep what I'd already done instead of starting new to sort of show myself that even when I start random shit because my brain chemistry is off, it can still turn out pretty damn good. I'm going to keep all of my previous episodes up and just call it season one. Season two will be this new adventure, still doing book reviews, but also branching into storytelling and hopefully having guests and maybe a little bit more fun. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is hey, y'all, my name is Wheezy, and you are listening to the first episode of With a Southern Voice. What better way to start this new adventure than with a wrap up of last year's reading? Uh, If you're not new to the show, you already know I love reading stats, and these are mine for 2021. Last year, I read 104 books, which I am quite proud of, considering the fact that I did not read one solitary book or even a line from a book for almost three months. Those 104 books combined equaled up to 25,003 pages which averaged to be about 241 pages per book. I read eight books that were between 500 and 600 pages, but I also read a lot of romance novels that were less than 100 pages. Out of those 104 books, 53 of them were authored by writers I'd never read before, and 20 of them were by authors that I'd read in previous years. I gave 19 of those books a 5-star rating. 30 of those books, a four-star rating, 31 of those books, a three-star rating, 16 of those books, a two-star rating, and six of them got a one-star rating, and I ended up DNFing two books last year, which were two of my most anticipated reads, so go figure. Instead of trying to do a top 10 or 15 or 20 list, I sat down and I went through a list of all the titles that I read last year, and I told myself, okay, if someone said you could only read books from this list ever again, which books would you pick? And that's how I came up with my favorite books of 2021. The first book I want to talk about is actually the last book I read. I finished listening to Pretty Girl by Karen Slaughter on New Year's Eve, and it was honestly one of those books that I just couldn't get enough of. I'm not a huge audiobook fan because I have uh, auditory processing issues, but from the first chapter of the book, I was absolutely hooked, and I stayed up way too late, promising myself that I would listen to just one more chapter, uh, and then suddenly the book was done. (laughs) Pretty Girls follows two estranged sisters, Lydia and Claire, in the aftermath of their older sister's disappearance and the dissolving of their family after the disappearance. When Claire's husband is violently murdered in front of her, she finds snuff films on his home computer and her life starts to unravel once again. When she reaches out to Lydia for help, a game of who done it and who can be trusted begins, and the sisters quickly learn that they can only really trust themselves. This was my first Karen Slaughter book, but after this one, I'm definitely going to pick up another. The next two books are both by Alabama writer Rick Bragg. Uh, Where I Come From and The Speckled Beauty are both nonfiction, but I like to think of them as uh, more front porch fiction where everything is true, just exaggerated a little bit. Um, Reading Rick's books is kind of like talking to your favorite uncle, and I think that's one reason why I am, like, addicted to them so much. I talked about where I come from in Season 1, Episode 18, and I'll have a review for The Speckled Beauty coming out soon. But The Speckled Beauty is about Rick's dog, Speck, and if you have ever loved a good bad dog (laughs) this one is for you Uh, i know people are very hesitant to pick up books about dogs because nobody likes a dead dog but i can assure you this one is still alive and you can watch videos of him on rick's facebook page which that is the most beautiful dog i love him i love speck The next three books are all romances (laughs) 2021 was really my year to get into romance and specifically into monster romance uh which is kind of funny to me because i used to be so afraid of reading romance because i didn't want people to think i was reading fluff or erotica but you know life is short read those fluffy romances read the smut read whatever makes you happy because I think if the last few years have taught us anything, it's just that we should enjoy whatever we enjoy, whatever makes our hearts happy, and to hell with the rest. I've talked about Feed by Vita Vice so many times it's not even funny. Um, this is about a succubus and her hot mothman coworker. <laughs> I always get tickled when I say he's a moth man, but he is he's he's a moth man anyways uh <laughs> and this book gets right to the point they just start ravishing each other right off the bat and there's a lot of hate and longing and mothman antenna doing inappropriate stuff um I've read Evita's other works I've read Skin and I've read Headless all of them are great um, but there's just something about Avery and Pie that just stuck with me. And I can't wait to continue their story in Yours Insatiably, which is out now. And you can get a signed paper back on her website. I also loved uh, A Lady of Rick's Grave Manor by Catherine Moon. This is another monster romance, but it's a group monster romance. <laughs> and it's about a woman who is picked to work at a brothel that caters to monsters and other supernatural creatures and i think what i liked most about this is that it's actually sex positive the women have the right to say no and to decide who their clients are and they're free to leave whenever they want um i love the main character of this story she's a hoe. she knows she's a hoe. she owns it and i really liked most of her suitors there was a couple that i was like but uh I want a sequel to this one so bad. So, Catherine Moon, sequel time. Thank you. The last romance I picked up was All the Feels by Olivia Dade. Um, This is about an actor who starts falling in love with his assistant. Uh, I thought Alex was such a fun character. He has ADHD and really poor impulse control. But you can always tell that his heart is in the right place when he does these outlandish things and gets himself in trouble. I also really enjoyed that our female main character, Lauren, is fat and she isn't considered beautiful. Uh, I think that too many times in romances are in any book that has a fat female character uh the author tries to make up for her fatness by making her like over the top beautiful the most beautiful woman in the room even though she's fat and that's just boring to me uh it just is um even in the beginning of this book alex thinks that lauren's not pretty he i think he calls her face beaky Uh, But as they get to know each other, and they sort of start falling in love with each other, their perception of each other changes. And Alex starts seeing her as beautiful because in his heart, in his mind, things have changed. And she stops seeing Alex as just this out of this, like, I'm stumbling over myself she stops seeing Alex as this like out of control actor and starts realizing that he's got a good heart and he's just trying his best bless him um I just felt like it was done very realistically and I loved reading their story I wish there was more I wish there was pegging in it it alludes to pegging there was no pegging on page whatever Olivia Dade I couldn't make this list without including Gideon and Harrow the Ninth by Tamson Muir. Um, I tried very hard to describe my love for these books in Season 1, Episode 20, but it was an honest-to-God disaster. Uh, however, if you want to hear me try to set up a raised garden bed, and I think I got a million little cuts... From trying to do that, and you know, I was trying to talk about a book that's probably a little too smart for me to explain. And there was also a drive by shooting, <laughs> no one got hurt. Um, just check that episode out. Uh, it's wild and unhinged, maybe you're into that. Um, and I still don't know how to properly explain this book series other than to say it's lesbian necromancers in space, and God is a dude named John who has threesomes. And I'm going to be honest with you. I think that description alone makes them worth the read. Episode 25 was completely dedicated to The Dead in the Dark by Courtney Gold. So it's honestly not a huge surprise that this was absolutely tied for my favorite book of the year. The Dead in the Dark is about two girls who are in this small town in Oregon, and they are trying to figure out why local kids are coming up missing or murdered. Um, this has a sapphic romance, mixed families, and a lot of who-is-the-bad-guy speculation. I love this so much, and I cannot wait until her next book, Echo Sunset, comes out this year. The last book I want to talk about is tied with The Dead in the Dark for my favorite book of the year, and that's The River Has Teeth by Erica Waters, which It's kind of wild to me because Erica's debut novel, Ghostwood Song, was my favorite book last year. The River Has Teeth follows two girls, Natasha, whose sister has gone missing, and Della, who is terrified that her mother is responsible for the disappearance. This book has a lot of uh, commentary on poverty, anger, and feminism, and it's got sapphic witches in it. I mean, that alone sells it. I've said before that I think Erica is one of the most important voices emerging in Southern literature, specifically in young adult Southern literature, and I am anxiously awaiting her next book, The Restless Dark, which comes out this year. So excited. Go ahead and start pre-ordering. I think that brings us to what are my reading plans for 2022 and I can honestly say that I don't have any uh, I want to read 100 books again which is like my default uh, reading challenge I guess for the year but other than that I'm keeping it wide open I admire people who have big lofty goals but I'm too wishy-washy for that and I end up putting a lot of pressure on myself to participate in this and participate in that and finish this and finish that and it really just sucks the joy out of reading for me because uh, I don't know how other people's brain chemistry works but my ADHD mind like if I feel like I'm supposed to do something half the time I'm like I ain't gonna do it so we're just not gonna do reading challenges this year, and we're just going to go with the flow and see where it takes us, but I am anxious to see if not giving myself, like, that I'm going to participate in this, and that uh, actually helps me read more, so we'll see. That's going to be interesting, right? Um, I do plan to try to listen to more audiobooks so that I can work on my embroidery projects, because, you know, I'm an artist at the same time uh but uh if you'd like to check those out you can follow me on twitter instagram i'll put my socials below in the description but my social media handle across the way is just wheezy's books um so you can follow me there you can see what i'm doing that's it for this episode (laughs) thank y'all so much for sticking with me through these changes and I hope y'all will come back real soon for another episode of with a southern voice